rolling right along on this rainy Wednesday afternoon, fourth and final hour. Darren, Donnie, and Chase here on ESPN 102.5 The Game. And every week on Wednesdays at this time, we talk to Chris Mason, who is, of course, Willie's partner in the television booth on Fox Sports Tennessee. And C. Mace is driven by Freeland Chevrolet. Chris, how you doing? Uh, fantastic. It's a pretty impressive, it's a pretty imp- uh, impressive performance last night, wasn't it? Yeah. I, uh, I, you know, we we said on the broadcast, and uh, I was thinking about it more today. It's it's been a while since I've seen the, the Predators absolutely dominate. In the, even in this league, I don't think I've seen too many games where you know it was that lopsided. Especially with the you know as good as the Preds have been the last few years, that was just uh, a clinic, an absolute clinic. And the score was so deceiving because Robin Leonard was. On a different planet, it could have been literally ten nothing, had he not uh, had he not been as good as he was. But uh, wow, I bet that's that's almost closed door meeting stuff for the Blackhawks. That was uh, that was unbelievable. Yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. Fifty one shots by the Predators. Forty of them were through the first two periods. You brought up Robin Leonard's play. Uh, Blackhawks scoreboard wouldn't show you they got run out of the arena, but. It wasn't for him, like you said, 48 saves in a really, really uh, bad-looking loss to the Predators. So Pekka now ups his record to 7-0-1. Back-to-back shutouts for him in his last two starts. Shutout Minnesota 4 nothing on Thursday, and then 3 nothing last night. He seems to be, and I know he didn't have to work hard last night. It's probably one of the easier shutouts he's had in his career. But what are you seeing out of Pekka right now? that uh, just has him off to this type of start? Just just his focus, the, the level of his, the preparation that he, the work and the preparation that he puts in in, in the offseason to get ready. You know, everyone loves, as an athlete gets older, which it's a thing, you know, it, there's a certain, the numbers will show you that people, uh, you know, obviously you're going to fall off. You're not as quick as you once were. You're not as, you know, strong and all these types of different things. But, um the amount of work that he puts in and the preparation that he does to play at that level, he, he is just a, an elite, elite athlete. And not only, you know, physically, but mentally, he's got that um, just elite mental uh, fortitude that he's able to, to prepare and, and just in all these situations, like you said last night, those are tough games to play. Those are harder than... You know, Rob Leonard, the degree of difficulty of shots he had, you can't say that was an easy game, but it is a lot easier when you're getting a consistent body of work throughout the game. You're getting shots consistently. So um, that's the one thing Peck has really uh, done a good job the last few years is been able to handle those games. Earlier in his career, he would have trouble with a game like that, I think more so than now. But uh, he's, just, he's just so strong mentally, and I think that he's really, the last few years, instead of, you know, relying so much on his athleticism, which he has a ton of, but he's relying more on, you know, the thinking of the game, the anticipation, and just, you know, being one step ahead. And I think with the guys playing better in front of him defensively for his last few starts and for, for Juice in Tampa, I think that obviously helps out a lot. But um, he certainly covered up a lot of early season defensive miscues by the Preds when they weren't, you know, they were scoring all the goals and they were just on the attack all the time. Pekka was just as good. So he's just, he's just dialed in and it's, it's, you know, good for the team, especially those first few games when they're scoring all those goals, because, you know, there is 
stretches throughout the game where it could have went either way in, until they, you know, when they were down goals and he allowed them to be able to come back in those third periods when the game didn't get out of hand in the first two periods. But he's just, you know, again, it's some of, it's up there with some of the best hockey he's played in his career. He'll be 37 on Sunday. It's pretty amazing the start he's on. So what have you seen in the last four games when they've uh, they've strung together now four consecutive wins? We we know about the the win down in Tampa, and the reason I'm bringing that up is because that was UC Saros's first win of the season. So what are you seeing in this little stretch right now where the Predators have an opportunity that what's going on in the division with some really big injuries to really pad themselves in the standings that they can keep winning games and collecting two points. Yeah, I think to me it's it's really just a more collective effort to play the right way. You know, it was exciting for everybody. Some of the games were, you know, back and forth and there was chances all over the place and the Preds were filling the net with goals. But, you know, I don't think you can consistently win that way. If, if you, you know, try to play that run-and-gun style, you're going to have some really exciting games. But I think long-term, that's not the, the recipe for success for the Predators. They have a, a standard of play and expectations to play a certain way, and that's not really what it was. And I think, you know, the last five games or so, I think you're seeing more of the identity of the Nashville Predators and, and what I feel is the way that they have to play if they want to, you know, do something special and make some noise in playoffs and ultimately win in the playoffs, you have to you have to play a certain way, and I think the sooner that you start playing that way and grasping the com- concepts, and everyone is committed to that, I think it, it's obviously you know better for the team in the long run. And I've I've seen the last five games that up and down the lineup, no matter what line you put out there, especially like you mentioned, no Duchesne, no For- Forsberg, your two best players. You see other teams. We'll see how the other teams do when they they've lost some of their big dogs. I think St. Louis will be okay. You know, Colorado, we'll see. Um, but I, I think the Predators have really, you know, bought in and started to, they got out of the beginning of the year, kind of what, what kind of team are we going to be to the team, you know, that I think that they, the way that they play has really done, uh, I think the lineup has done a really good job. And then the depth, I think, has really shown, th- shown through the last um, five games as well. Chris Mason is with us, and Mace, looking ahead, it looks like, Philip Forsberg is on the verge of coming back, whether it be tomorrow against Calgary or Saturday against New York. And if, even if it's not, the question is the same. They had four really good lines on the attack last night with that defensive balance you're talking about. They'll have a pretty difficult decision to make, I think, of where to put Philip Forsberg. Do they put him back on the line where he was, which would move Kyle Turris? Or would they maybe put him back with Ryan Johansson and Victor Arvidsson? I think they have to weigh those two, and then the domino effect would go from there. Yeah, that, that's. I'm very interested to see that too, because you know the way it was going when he was back, it was you know those two lines were really cemented, I think in, in the as the lines and the combinations. But now the way that things are going, who knows? I mean, you know, you kind of want to kickstart Johansson a little bit. Granlin, he's, he's kind of he's played well. You know he's got chances, and his you know his, his analytics will back that up. But he he hasn't really got the results lately. So, uh, you know, same with Johansson. I think that you know he could spark them um, that way by putting that, those guys back together. I, I I really don't know which direction he'll go. Kyle Turris had played well. Um, you know he's haven't seen much of uh, him necessarily the last couple of games, but he's playing playing well. 
and Craig Smith. That line was the Benino, Rocco, Grimaldi, Craig Smith. That was the, that was the best line of the night last night. They were just just they could have had six goals that line alone. They got the three. Benino got the three, but all three of those guys were so instrumental in the success of that game for sure. So I I, I really don't know what direction they'll go, but you know Peter's got options. That's for sure. And and probably no bad options. So that's a, that's a good thing, even though it's a tough decision. So Mace, let's look at tomorrow's opponent, the Calgary Flames, a team that was the number one seed in the West last year. Everything went right. They've tweaked things. They're around five hundred right now. It's not like they've been bad, but they haven't come out of the gate as strong as a lot of people might have thought. So what do you see as the strengths and weaknesses with them? I I think that they're I think they're a really good hockey team. I, I think last year was. That's more of the the team I think we'll see as the season goes on. Maybe might have overachieved a little bit, but I think they're really strong on the back end. Their, their goaltending, I guess, would be maybe a little bit of a question mark with Rich, who's a, a young up and comer. I really like him, and then Cam Talbot, who's you know looking to to bounce back from a tough year in Edmonton. But both both guys, uh, Talbot's you know had some really good. Um, you know, good years in his past, so he's he's got the pedig- pedigree. He's done it in the league before. Um, up front, I mean, they're they're loaded up front too. They're probably might be kicking themselves a little bit for for getting rid of James Neal uh, a little too quickly after one year, especially with the start he's he's had. But uh, I, they they play a tough game, and they always play tough against the Preds. It's always really physical. I feel they they can really bring that element. Matthew Kachuk, I think, is a really awesome player with his uh, skill level. I know everyone hates playing against him, but that's what makes him so good and so effective is, you know, he's, he's got that agitator role. He, he's physical, but he's also extremely skilled and, and he can put up a lot of points. And then, you know, Goudreau and Monaghan, um, you got to watch out for those guys because they're, you know, superstar talent. So I, I, I think that they're more um, of the team that we saw last year, maybe not quite that high, but again, it's, uh, you got to bring your best against anyone. That's why I love last night. It would have been easy for the Preds to come in and just, you know, Chicago's last in the league and they're having all these issues and, you know, it's not the same team. And you look up and down that lineup and there's not a, a ton of familiar names. But the way that they came out and, and they gave Chicago their best game, that's why they won. You know, you're, you're sitting there and you, Robin Leonard's playing a great game. Chicago gets one in the second period. All of a sudden it's 2-1 going into the third. Well, you never know what happens, right? So they... They've they definitely turned that into a no-doubter, so I think that they're going to have to you know, continue to do the, the same things that they did um, the last few games, which is you know, come out attack, but you're also making good decisions at the right time, and you're playing strong defensively in front of your goaltender, and then when you need a save from your goaltender, they've been making them. So it's, uh, you know, Preds got to focus on their game and continue to do what they're doing, but you know, at the same time respect how talented and how good the Calgary Flames are. We're talking to Chris Mason, driven by Freeland Chevrolet here on Darren Donick and Chase. And to that point, you know, something I've noticed with this team so far this season is they're able to, whether it was working on the defense and, and trying to play better on that side of the puck, they've been able to adjust with that in-game. If they're down, they're able to battle back and make adjustments and, and then come back and you know either get a point or win the game. And I feel like that's been maybe easier for them this season than it has been in years past. Why do you think that is? I just think that, first of all, I think the power play has a lot to do with that. I think it's a weapon that, especially in the first 12 games, when they've needed the power play goals in the third period 
or at that you know right time in the game they've they've came come up with the goals and to me that's a weapon that last year I know that obviously they didn't have and I just think that that just really exudes confidence or helps build confidence within the team five on five and the way that they're scoring goals I I also feel last year I, I don't know you know how strong they were off the rush whether they got many great rush opportunities or goals and I think this year they're setting up a lot of plays off the rush I think they're just more dynamic in terms of the way they're scoring goals last game every goal was scored right around the crease you know they're they have all their guys going to the net they're just they're just playing the right way they're doing the right things and it's not one line you know it's not two lines where I think you know last year maybe they were you know a one line offensive team that really you know drove the offense for the majority of the year this year you're getting you know, up and down the lineup, the depth that this team has, you know, everyone's chipping in. And, you know, maybe there's a point where, where they go cold, but right now everyone seems to be on any given night making that impact and, and winning a hockey game for them, whether it's the defense scoring goals, whether it's Pecorine standing on his head, or whether it's, uh, you know, Matt Duchesne and, and Philip Forsberg and company, you know, doing their thing. So I just think it's a really good mix. Uh, I, just, I just really like the vibe that this team has. And, again, they're confident. They, they, they get down a couple goals in that room. There's no doubt that they're coming back. And that men, having that mentality and that belief is, is such a powerful thing. Chris, before we let you go, I brought this up to David Poyle yesterday. And since you've been around this franchise for so long, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. You know, Roman Yossi signs the contract, gets brought up, and being in Norris Trophy contention, Pekka won the Vesna a couple of years ago and is probably in contention for it again, at least for now this year. But I can remember a time where Shea Weber probably should have won the Norris Trophy and he didn't, and a lot of that had to do with just you know the team overall, that the, the Predators were flying under the radar and they weren't having the team success. So what does it mean now that they've been able to put that together and you're seeing more and more of these individuals be recognized with those awards? Yeah, I really think that you know he's going to win a Norris Trophy. Uh, Shea Weber definitely should have back in the day, I think, you know, social media wasn't as, as prominent as it is now. There wasn't the access to the teams and the players like you have now. So I, I think back then um, it was tough for everybody. You knew who Shea Weber was, but it was just tough to keep tabs on him all the time. So you'd see the box scores and the stats and his name up there with everybody. But now with the, the uh, GIFs or GIFs or whatever they're called, all the, you know, quick hits and highlights on social media, I think it's a lot easier to know how good players are on other teams. I don't follow a lot of other teams, but I get to see all those things. I'm like, wow, you know, Shvetsnikov there the other night with that goal. And just you, you get to see, you get to be more in tune with other teams in the league, whether they're, you know, up in Montreal or Toronto where they get all the, you know, coverage up there or, you know, they're in Carolina or Nashville or L.A. or wherever. I think that, you know, there's more media attention to the league and everybody gets to see it. So I, I hope that, one day uh, soon, which should be very soon, that, that Roman gets that award. Because it's not just an offensive award. You can't just say, hey, this guy got the most points. He's the best defenseman in the league. It's an overall award of the best defenseman. And I think Roman, you know, in my opinion, and I know I cover him, I may, I may be biased, but what he, I see every single night with him on the ice, I just, it just, he just amazes me. And I think uh, you know a lot of people, if they put time in and watch exactly how good he is offensively and the way he just really controls a game from the back end, it's just there's no one like him. 
It's just not fair. It's not fair. You know, it's just not. It's not fair. He's great guy, top-notch athlete, good-looking. I mean, just his whole life. It's just not fair. Somebody just that, that all that good. But he's ours. He's ours. So. <laughs> That's a very good point. In fact, I even, he walked by me yesterday. I said, man, it's good to be you. And he just laughed. Uh, <laughs> I meant it. It's good to be Roman Yossi. Hey, speaking of him, we'll talk to him at the bottom of the hour. See, Mace, always appreciate it. Thanks for doing this, and we'll see you tomorrow over at the ring. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Chris Mason, you can find him tomorrow night in the booth with Willie Donick. Fox Sports Tennessee as the Predators close out the month of October against the Calgary Flames. And, of course, you can hear everything right here on 102.5 The Game as well. 7 o'clock puck truck pregame at 6. We will talk to the captain at the bottom of the hour, but first Willie is going to talk about the good folks at Lee Company. Lee Company, 5671000. And we've been seeing their display a lot because we've been hanging out at Bridgestone Arena a bunch lately. Two more home games on the homestand, which would cap off six out of seven for the Predators playing at home. Uh, so there's been a lot of action in Smashville, which is a great thing. And Lee Company is a big sponsor of the Nashville Predators. They do also a great job for us in the Donick House with their home maintenance plan. The cold weather is coming. The temperature actually will go below freezing at some point over the next few days. It's going to drop. Make sure your heating unit is working properly. If it is not, call them at 567 615-567-1000. Tell them you need it checked and do it on the advance. Call right now before you get into that crisis situation if you're not sure that your heater is working efficiently because the colder months are coming. We know that. 567-1000 or go online and make an online appointment at LeeCompany.com. By the way, that goes for your home and for your business. If you don't have a maintenance team in your business, you're not alone. Let Lee Company do the job for you so you can concentrate on your job and your work. That way you're freed up to go watch the Predators games. LeeCompany.com, 567-1000. Well, we're not going to send you to Rio. This is not we- Rio. This is hungry oh, like this the wolf. Is hungry like a wolf. Yeah. Sorry, get your Duran Duran. Sorry, come on, you're come from on. that era. If Max did that, I would forgive him. I saw them. At, even Chase, that? even Chase, you're, you know. I know Duran Duran. I saw them at Starwood. <laughs> it was one of the last shows I saw there. May have been nice. the last one I saw there. I think actually Hootie was the last show that I saw at Starwood. Okay, Hank Williams Jr. for me. Really? Mm-hmm. I think I saw I, REM was the last one I saw. I'm still there. sad. I drive by there. It's just land. Nothing yeah, there. Yeah. And Montgomery nothing. Gentry opened for him, so the late Troy Gentry. Wow. Pretty cool. No, you know what? I saw Coldplay there. That, that's the last one I saw there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Probably that was the, when they were first kind of hitting it, like really in their heyday, too. I probably would say probably album, the, I think. the two crazy three oh four somewhere in there. I would say Lenny Kravitz in his heyday there was crazy. Dave Matthews, heyday, mm-hmm. crazy. Those were two crazy shows. Huh. Like, I mean, there was not a, I mean, couldn't, the the grass was, there was, yeah. you could barely even move. Just place was packed and loud and crazy. Uh, but we are going to send you ESPN, the game national, one lucky listener to Dallas, winter classic celebration flyaway. Listen to this. This doesn't have your attention. I don't know what will. Starting Monday, November 4th, that is this upcoming Monday. Yes, tomorrow is November. Or no, no I mean not. Friday. Friday, excuse me. Friday is November. Monday, listen for your cue to call and qualify for a chance to win this grand prize. How about round, round trip airfare 
plus hotel accommodations, a pair of tickets to see Leonard Skinner at the American Airlines Center on New Year's Eve, a pair of tickets to the Winter Classic as the Predators take on the Stars in the Cotton Bowl. That's, of course, on New Year's Day. Winter will be announced on Friday, November 15th. Friday, November 15th. Prizes are courtesy of Outback Concerts. For more details, visit thegamenashville.com. That all starts on Monday. You might want to be listening for your chance to call. I was looking at, by the way, we'll have Roman Yossi join us here in just a couple of minutes. I was looking at a bet that was just made at the Scarlet Pearl Sportsbook. Straight up bet, $700,000 on the Astros tonight. It'll pay out 1.2 mil. Wow. Wouldn't it be nice just to throw That'd be nice. 700K down on a game? See, somebody... Or would it? I mean, would that be... I guess if you have that, it's not real... You don't really care, I guess. I mean, you care, but it's not like nerve-wracking. Yeah. Like, or is it? I, I don't know. We were talking earlier, you know, what we would do with seventy-four million, and I, you know, somebody asked me, "Would you still like go to the casino, still play some bets?" I'm like, "Hell yeah!" Uh, yeah. Well, why would Heck that yeah, change? I would. Hello. Let's bring up the captain, Roman Yossi. He's on the line with us. Roman, how you doing? Good. How are you? Doing fantastic. How uh, now that yesterday's behind you? You guys obviously put together a sixty-minute game, get the shutout. How does today feel? I'm good, really good. I mean, uh, it's obviously a special day for me, and um, yeah, to play a game like that, uh, it was it was a really good game for us. Uh, just topped it off. We touched on this a little bit last night in Barrel House in post game with you. Just where you were at the beginning of your career, coming from Switzerland. Here you are, plopped down in Nashville, Tennessee playing for the Predators, to where you are today and all the incredible things and nice things that you said and meant about this market, organization, fans, everything. It's been quite a journey to get to this point, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, looking back, it's uh, it's kind of surreal that, um, yeah, that I get to play for the Predators, hopefully the rest of my career. And, like, um, I mean, like I said before, I came over when I was 20, I uh, really had no idea about Nashville, the city, uh, the team and everything coming from Switzerland. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've enjoyed my time so much here. It's um, This place has become home for me. And like I said, I love everything everything about Nashville, the organization, the fans, the people, the city. Everything is is, is awesome. So I'm, I'm really happy. You just got married this off season, okay? And you did it here in this city. You're, as we just said, you're from Switzerland. A lot of your teammates have gone back to where they're from to get married. You've had, a, you've seen the room change over the years. Guys getting married, families, all that good stuff was. I mean, that to me just is yet again an exclamation point to what you said yesterday of what this market means to you. You chose to stay here and get married as opposed to go back to to where you're from and, and do that in the off season. Yeah, definitely. Um... I I met my wife here, and she um she went to school here, so we've both been here for quite a while, and um, we both feel the same way about Nashville. She feels right at home too, so um, it was a easy decision for us to get married here. How about you guys have talked about having that that complete game, right? That sixty minute game, and 
I think it's pretty safe to say that played out last night, and that's what it looks like. Uh, yeah, it was 3 nothing on the scoreboard, but man, if you're in the building last night, uh, it certainly felt like way more lopsided than that. Uh, just what did you make of last night's game against Chicago? Yeah, I agree. I think I think it was our best best game of the year. Um, we we played well for sixty minutes, and I it felt like every shift we we put a lot of pressure on them. We put a lot of shots towards their net, and um, yeah, I mean it was it was all around. It was a great game for us. I mean, it's uh, I think that's as a team that's what we strive for to to play like that for sixty minutes. And um, yeah, like I said, I thought that was our best game of the year. You and Ryan Ellis have logged a lot of minutes and a lot of games over the years together as that D pairing. Why, why does it look def, different this year, Roman? Why, I mean, you guys are both having incredible starts to the season. Why does it look different this year? Um, I don't know. I think our our team is, is playing real well. We, we got off to a really good start, and um, uh, we're scoring a lot of goals. Our offense is, is clicking. Our power play has been really good this year, too. So I think that, that helps both of us. So, um, yeah, the team is just playing really well, and um, speaking about Ellie, I mean he's playing unbelievable. He's um, it's a, it's so much fun for me to play with him. He does so many so many little things um, right, and he opens so much space for me. He makes great plays. So it's been it's been a real pleasure to play with him. Yeah, but I mean you both are leading the team in points. You're two defensemen. You're leading the team in points. So it's I just it's pretty amazing to see what you guys. So let's talk about the power play. You said. Obviously, it looks a whole lot better. Feels completely different. You guys have had success now with nine power play goals. So, what's been the biggest change, other than adding kind of a new voice in the room to talk about it? But what's been the biggest change? Um, I think we're moving the puck a lot better. Um, we're just moving the puck quicker um, and making the penalty kill move a little bit more, and um, uh, just getting a lot of shots. I feel like we have that shooting mentality right now. We want to get a shot off as quick as we can. And I think yesterday was probably one of the best probably games we had all year too. We didn't score. We didn't show up on the score sheet, but I thought we had a a lot of uh, high danger scoring chances and a lot of shots. So um, I think the biggest the biggest difference is just the puck movement. We're talking to Captain Roman Yossi a day after he is signed for the long term with the Predators, and they're coming off a great win last night against the Chicago Blackhawks. And, Ryan, uh, excuse me, Roman, it, it dawned on me as, as Darren was asking you about Ryan Ellis that you know he's, he went through that process of re-upping long-term with the team. So one by one, this nucleus has been already together for a good while, and they're going to be together as you look forward here. This is a group of guys that you already know each other very, very well, and you're, I'm sure it's fun for you to now project what this group is going to look like uh, over the next several seasons. Yeah, definitely. Um I remember going to development camps ten years ago with uh, Eki and and Ali, and we've known each other for such a long time. And I think this this core has been been together for for a very long time, and we became really good friends and know each other really well. So it's been it's been a lot of fun seeing all of us kind of grow up together, and um, yeah, becoming the core of this team. And um, yeah, hopefully we can we can stay together for a lot more years to come. You know, R- Roman, I I heard you guys talking. I heard you give your side of it. David Poyle gave his side of it. Just the the conversation with Brian in there out in Arizona seemed to have moved things in the right direction to kind of get it over the hump there. I, it it kind of warmed me to hear that go on because so often the business gets in the way and you don't have 
that ability to communicate. So I thought it said a lot about you and your relationship with the organization that you could have that and help it move it in the right direction to get you where you want it to go. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it shows uh, how much class uh, David and Brian and the whole organization have. I mean, they're um, through the whole negotiations. Obviously, it's not not always easy, and it's a it's a business side. But they they yeah they were always really really nice to me, and we we have a great relationship. So it was always there was always a lot of respect, and I think um, yeah just by us um, sitting together and and um, talking about each other's points of views uh, it was it was huge and it was a it was a really nice thing of them to do that and um, I think it helped a lot Ryan Ellis had gone through kind of the same thing it got done a little bit earlier than yours but did you did you lean on him did, did they ever bring it up and ask about it to you or was that kind of like hey I'm just going to leave the business over here and we'll just concentrate on hockey um no I mean we I talked to some guys about it definitely um I think obviously in the locker room we're a tight group so we we talk about some things, but um, you also don't don't want to be a distraction for the team. So um, I'm very relieved that it got done. And um, yeah, as a hockey player in the midst of the season, you definitely want to focus on on hockey. Well, speaking of hockey, you guys, it's clear now, especially up front. I watch this group, and you know you're you're doing this stuff the last couple of weeks without a guy like Philip Forsberg, and even had a game down there in Tampa without Forsberg and Matt Duchesne. You have a lot of good players, and there are going to be some players when everybody's healthy that probably aren't playing as much as they could in other situations, but that's going to be the key, I'm sure, for you and the entire leadership group and everybody on the team to know that individually there could be some nights where you're not playing as much, but it's the key to just think about the big picture here, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think everybody on our team knows how, how important they are for the team, Um I think that's why that's why we're a good hockey team because we have so much depth. And um, uh, perfect example last night. I, I think there's every night there's a different line stepping up. Um, last night it was the Bonino line. Uh, the other night in Tampa it was the Parble stepping up, and it's it's always somebody else. And obviously our goaltender's been unbelievable at the, uh, playing unbelievable the last couple of games. But I think it's huge for our team. And I think, like I said, everybody on this team knows how important they are for for our success. Roman Yossi, Predators captain, is here with us. And, and Roman, you, you used the line earlier that you're a very tight-knit group, and that's something that I always bring up to, to new guys that come in. I asked Matt Duchesne about it. I've asked others about it, of just how – and I don't know if unique is the right word, but why you guys are so close together. And you mentioned playing, you know, going to development camps with, with Ellis and Eckholm, you know, kind of growing up. But what is it that makes you such a, a family, so to speak? Um, I don't know. I think we just like spending time with each other. Uh, we, uh, I mean, we see each other every day at the rink and, um, it seems like we always, always find a way to, to make it fun every day. Um, practice are fun. The games are fun. Um, we do a lot of stuff off the ice too. We have some team parties, uh, team get togethers with all the wives. And, um, I think we just really enjoy time, time, like spending time together. And I think it's, it's kind of a culture that's been, that's been here for a long time, and um, since I got here, it's it's always kind of been like that. And I mean, that's a lot of credit to the to the leaders that that were on the team before us. What did it mean to you when you were walking in to do the press conference, and all the employees and Ryan Johansson was one of them were all lined up cheering for you? Um, yeah, that's something Joey would do. <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> funny, but um, I think that just that just shows that. Uh, 
the class of the organization i mean it's um it was pretty special i didn't expect it at all and um it definitely definitely meant a lot to me to for them to come down there and and clap and it was it was a pretty special moment for me and it just speaks for the whole organization something that we were talking about earlier about you guys you know 12 games or so into the season is we've seen the offense the offense has is really uh, been productive the power play has a lot to do with that and you guys have been conscious about working on things defensively and it feels like over the last few games you know that certainly has been getting better what is it that about you guys that you're able to adjust whether it's in game or from game to game and be able to fix some of these issues that might pop up over the course of an 82 game season um i think we we're we're pretty accountable locker room i think uh just from the guy's standpoint, we, we, we try to hold each other accountable. And, um, I, I mean, our coaches are doing a great job of of preparing us for games and uh, making sure after games that we look at stuff that we can do better. And, um, yeah, I think it's just an accountable locker room and everybody wants to get better always. Um, obviously, we're happy with the win last night, but even that, we're, we try we try to get better each day and, and see if there's things that we can do better. We appreciate it as always. Go make it five in a row tomorrow night to close out the first month of the season. Well, thanks, guys. Thank you, Roman. Thanks, Roman. Appreciate it. That is the captain, Roman Yossi, right there joining us. And tomorrow night it will be the Calgary Flames. And the Predators do have an opportunity to make it five in a row. They could collect ten points on the way out of the month of October. And then they'll be back at it Saturday afternoon. To start a new month yeah. against the New York Rangers. And it's a special day in the building with Hockey Fights Cancer. First installment of two. And so that'll be a one o'clock puck drop. And they're unveiling pre-game. something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ooh. it's going to be a lot of fun Saturday. Yeah, and I love those. We love those midday games for uh, sure. Yes. Those are a lot and of fun. And we get an hour. An we get an hour. That night. Uh, I'm going to a party, costume party yeah. that night. So it'll be good. Okay, we might have to get some details on that. What you're going to be? Or are you going to? You, you can to, ask me. I'll tell you. You'll, you'll say it? Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll come back. Close out Wednesday edition of Darren, Donnie, and Chase next. Don't forget MTSU. The Blue Raiders hit the road, take on Charlotte this Saturday. Kickoff for that game is at 2.30. Pre-game coverage starting at 1.30 and heard on 94.9 Game 2 and on 95.1 FM in Murfreesboro. Back here on Darren, Donick, and Chase. Appreciate uh, the captain, Roman Yossi, for joining us. Philip Forsberg. Of course, Matt Deshane was in the lineup last night. We talked about that yesterday. And really, everybody played well. It was a complete game, but the line that stood out was Craig Smith, Nick Benino, and Rocco Grimaldi. They were, they were everywhere. There was a lot of firsts last night. First hat trick for Nick Benino in a Predators uniform. First ever career game for Nick Benino with nine shots in a game and first time uh, in his career Rocco Grimaldi has recorded a three-point game so a lot of first and it was all with that one line and they were very very active and visible last night oh they were they dominated they dominated from the start remember the first shift that Craig Smith had he turned the corner and made a really good move to get to the goalie kind of set the tone right there the way that Smith and Grimaldi were chasing down the pucks, they just kept winning puck battles. Go over the boards, one of them would go get it. So kind of leads to the an interesting question. I, that's a line that, based on what they did last game, you're probably not going to want to mess with that line. No. So 
if tomorrow is the day. They didn't practice today, so we didn't really get any more clues on whether Forsberg would be ready for tomorrow's game against the Flames or a good team from the Western Conference. I know the record is 6-6-2, six, six, and two, but you look at them, they're, they're a good team. Where would you put Philip Forsberg in the lineup? We asked it to Chris Mason. He kind of laid, off, laid out uh, all the options. So it looks like you would either put him with Johansson and Arvidsson and reunite the, the line that's been together for years, or you put him back on the line that he was with prior to the injury where he was playing great. I mean, these are two right. good options, but which one do you choose? Because there's a, there's a ripple effect. Yeah. Either way, right? For me, I, I mean, look, I know how productive that Duchesne and Forsberg were early on, and that was fun to watch. And Mikhail Grandlin was getting a piece of that too, and he's kind of cooled off since since Forsberg has been out. But Kyle Turris is still playing well. I mean, he's not, you know, he's he's not putting up monster numbers. He's got seven points through twelve games, but considering how he played last year and everything he went through, you you like that production. So. I don't necessarily think you should punish him and reduce his minutes and move him around and you know shuffle the deck. So the problem is Kelly Arncroke's played I know, well. I know it's that's the that's the tough. So part. I, I think you have to. That's why I asked Roman about the you know when you have everybody, there's going to be a few players that have to have less minutes. Yeah. I know it's been it's going to be written about. It's just a question of who it's going to be written about if they have everybody. But this is this right? is the so way I. It's this not is really the way punishment. I, it's just somebody's got to okay, take right. a little lesser but, role. But here's right? the way I examine the situation. Which one is a bigger deal? Moving Kyle Turris off that second line or Duchesne playing the wing on that second line? Because that is the key to this. Yep, it's true. Okay, so they brought Matt Duchesne in here to be a centerman. To center that to center a line, or you know, most people believe, you know, he's a first line whatever. To center of the line. Okay, he's not traditionally been a winger, and so for that to play out, for Forsberg to be on the first line, then that means Duchesne is going to be on the wing. So what is the bigger deal? Is it a bigger deal to take Kyle Turris, like you said, who's been playing well, and slide him back to centering that fourth line, or Shane playing out on the wing for an extended period of time. So how do you answer that? Because that's really, to me, that's what it boils down to. You also have to answer how sustainable is Callie Yonkroke on the wing right now with Johansson and Arvidsson. He's been playing awesome. It's been working. But how long can he keep that up? That's another part of it, too. I, I see what you're saying. And, you know, I, I wonder if they experiment with Turris on the wing a little more like they did in training camp. I know Peter Laviolette doesn't uh, – you bring that up and he's like he's a center. I just don't get that feeling. That, because they could have tried it yeah. with Duchesne at center and yeah. they have decided to move Duchesne to wing. So it, it's it's an interesting – They dilemma. have a really good problem right now. It's like a great problem. You could slide Turris if you're going to do the wing. I mean, couldn't you slide him up to the – with Johansson and Arvidsson? That's what. I, that's where I was going. I mean, that's put him, but put I mean, him I, there. But I, I just, I, there's been no vibe or hint that they really want to put Turris on the wing, and I'm not sure they really want to do it with Duchesne. They have. I'm not sure Duchesne really wants to do it, but he's being a you know, yeah, he's he's new here. He's he loves player. it here. This is where right. This is where he wanted to be. It's still very early. If this was year four. Maybe it's a difference, right? If it's year four with yeah. this team in this market, it's probably different. I just look I'm glad I don't have to make the decision. 
But to me, that's what it boils down to. It's it's where do you think – how do you make this work, keep everybody happy, and keep everybody on point to, you know, what you have to be doing because right. ultimately it's going to be a tough decision and somebody's got to shuffle out somewhere. Right? For, the, for the good of the team. Yes, yeah, somebody has you to have shuffle to not out. Care, you have to not care – who gets the credit individually, and you have to say, on this team, even though I might be capable of playing more, this is my role right now, and I'm important. And at some point, my role is going to change. Uh, you know, we, we know Adam Vingan wrote that article about Kyle Turris didn't play in that much. Well, Kyle Turris all of a sudden needed to play higher in the lineup, and that could change. He could go back to where he was before for the good of the team. But whatever yeah, it I mean, is. Right now, he's going to center a okay. line with – Citizens and Watson. Even though, okay, he probably won't put up the numbers for a guy that's being paid $6 million. You just got to be okay with that. You know, that's just the way the team is designed right now. As long as he has a good attitude and the team does, then that, that'll be fine. Like, I, this is what I know. When, when Duchesne, it was on Monday, but when Duchesne was centering Grandland and, uh, and Forsberg, that line was on fire. Yeah, right. So my inkling is, especially if you look at Grandlin's production, he's been playing pretty well, but he hasn't he hasn't had results. It hasn't lately. looked the same as when Forsberg right. was there. Grandlin, all of his points, I pretty much were before Forsberg got mm-hmm. hurt. Even yeah. though he's he's made contributions, his analytics are very good, but he hasn't had any goals or assists since Forsberg got hurt. To Turris's credit, though, you know when he wasn't playing as many minutes, he was making the most of it. So. Absolutely, and and he has a good attitude about yeah. it. Yep. All right. Uh, finally, uh, who wins tonight? Who gets it done? Oh, I've been wrong basically the whole World Series, so I'm sure I'll be wrong again. I'm going to say the Strohs. I'll take the Nats. There's something about Scherzer coming back in this. I, uh, I'm going to go I with – I'm going to switch now. I'm going to finally switch and go with Kirk Casale, who's been saying Nationals, Nationals. He's not playing. Nationals, Nationals, Nationals the whole time. And I'm going to side with him now. Because okay. I've been saying Stroh's, Stroh's, Stroh's. I'll switch. I've just been wrong, so. Yeah. Nats, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> that will do it for our show today. You have a great rest of your day. We'll be back at it tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. See you then.